Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the dry doxy droppings masquerading as powdered dragon claw of Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who also interrogate people about their study habits. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing? It took me years to get out of that habit of, how many hours do you study today? What are you doing? Would you, would, would you review? Please, please validate my existence that I am doing enough. I feel like we all did that, and then you one-upped all of us by going to law school, which is entirely what that system is built on. That's taking those people and putting them in the same place. It's a miracle that even half of them survive. We are such, such different people. I think that the... The stories always like never cease to amuse my family of like how I got around doing less and less work in class. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. You were one of those people, BJ, I forgot. <laughs> so the surprise, I think it was of my cousin when I, I told them that I figured out if I handed in my homework last in graduate school, I got the first <laughs> question and I would never be questioned again. And it was a like three hour discussion class or two hour, like it was a long discussion class. And so I would do this and then watch a movie. Good Lord. <laughs> well, because like it, it was a discussion that I didn't care about need to participate in nor care about. And so I would immediately get my question. I would put on a movie and I would watch it uninterrupted. So when BJ's Wizard Wheezes is done and he goes silent for the rest of the podcast episode, <laughs> we'll check back in on what he's been watching. Yeah, BJ, I, I enjoy the hypocrisy of you making fun of Harry and Ron's study habits for all of these books when I'm starting to see a similar rhyme occurring here. I didn't make fun of their study habits. I made fun of <laughs> Harry for being a dumb jock. I never said I was a. I had good study habits. I've always said that I am the least Hermione person on this podcast, by far. Fair, fair. That is that is true. So uh, there is a lot of actual studying in this chapter. Mm. Cramming more than studying, perhaps. Um, so we are in the, what number is it? The 31st 31. chapter 31st. of the fifth book of Harry Potter, O-W-L-S. Owls. That spells owls. Go Owls. <laughs> We uh, we have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid-fire recap. We have BJ's Wizard Wheezes, Newbie's Notes with Spencer, and we award house points. And then there are questions and queries. Um, I am hoping that no one takes the ready-made questions that populate this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> All about exams. Sarah, get your pen I did ready. Not We've got essays. <laughs> Uh, Sarah, this chapter is technically, we, we talked about this last time, all the chapters around here are about the same length. This one's about the same length as the last one, but it feels incredibly different in terms of what it would be to recap it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a rough one because there's a lot of, like, nothing Minutia? that happens for the first three quarters of the chapter, and then there are, like, four other things. So, yeah. What what are your thoughts? Do you have a bet here? Two minutes or, 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 or at best? What's yeah, I'm going to, I put a bet in last time. I'm going to... Just go for a cool under two minutes, see how it goes. Uh, I think I can do it, but it is going to require that my cat does not jump on me and that I do not check your stopwatch too much, Spencer. So those are my conditions. <laughs> the stopwatch is a double-edged sword. Uh, Indeed. All right. Oh, no, she's coming. <laughs> all right, brace yourself, but whenever you're ready. As promised, Ron can't stop going on about the Quidditch match. Harry and Hermione are finally forced to admit they weren't there and what they had to do instead. Ron is flabbergasted by Grop and what Hagrid wants them to do. The only consolation is that Hagrid hasn't been sacked yet. Anyway, it's June and the Owls are upon our fifth years. Revision season is terrible. People are on edge. Rumors are flying. The black market for study aids is roaring. But at least everybody's too busy to badger Harry about occlumency. McGonagall goes into detail about the anti-cheating charms in place when they get their exam schedules. Theory exams in the morning, practical in the afternoon. They start with charms, and maybe it was fine? In any case, Ron forbids Hermione from rehashing the test. Then Transfiguration, Herbology, Defense Against the Dark Arts. This is the one that Harry feels sure about, and he even gets to do the practical bit in front of Umbridge before being asked uh, sort of breathlessly by the examiner to produce a Patronus. 
potions, care of magical creatures, Harry's determined to do well for Hagrid's sake, astronomy theory and divination, which is a fiasco. The astronomy practical is that night at the top of the tower, and they're supposed to be filling in their star charts when Harry sees half a dozen people heading across the lawn towards Hagrid's hut. Much as Harry tries to continue with the exam, he's uneasy, and in fact, much of the class is stopped to watch the grounds. Then there's a bang, all hell breaks loose, blasts of light start uh, flying around Hagrid's hut. They're trying to stun him. Fang's, Fang gets caught in a spell. Hagrid loses his shit, and the class looks on in horror as McGonagall storms out to defend Hagrid before herself getting hit by four stunning char- charms, stunning spells that knock her off her feet. Hagrid starts clotheslining people, grabs Fang while Umbridge is screaming at him, then takes off through the gates. They barely make it through the exam and storm back into the main castle to report what happened to the waiting Gryffindor common room. In their final exam, History of Magic, Harry's exhausted from the night before and finds himself dozing and right back in the Department of Mysteries corridor. But this time he makes it to the door and through another door and to a bizarre room full of shelves and glass balls, where in one of the aisles he finds himself in the body of Voldemort torturing someone, demanding that they get something he can't touch. Sirius Black refuses. Harry wakes screaming and all hell breaks loose with time to spare 155 i uh speaking of breathlessly (laughs) well done bj wheeze away please this was a good wheezing chapter i thought you might like this one for wheezing purposes um there are some wheezes that that i am not gonna wheeze about because uh if i wheeze about them too much spencer would be very sad because if he doesn't Use them as a chew toy uh, at very happily. I will be very surprised, but we will see. Um, do y'all have your books in front of you? Because we're turning to, to true form. Oh, boy. Reading some sentences. What you got? Uh, Old Spencer, school. I'm going to start with you Jesus. as you have it right there. I would like you to read the second sentence. Uh, starting all he wanted? Exactly. Uh, w- with pronounced pronunciation as per usual? All, all of the above, yes. Okay. All he wanted to do was talk over the match, and Harry and Hermione... There should be a comma there, shouldn't they? And Harry and Hermione found it very difficult to find an opening in which to mention grop. Dash. Not that either of them tried very hard. Semicolon. Neither was keen to be the one to bring Ron back to reality in quite such a brutal fashion. Period. I mean, it's a pretty good one. We're missing a little bit. But but we really get into uh, some of our fun with the last sentence of that paragraph. Hmm. Ron was not particularly keen on this idea at first, semicolon. He was thoroughly enjoying being patted on the back by Gryffindor walking past his... Gryffindor's walking past his chair, comma, not to mention the occasional outbursts of Weasley as our king, but agreed after a while that some fresh air might do him good. You missed some quotation marks and a comma in there around Weasley as our king, but... Shame. <laughs> yes, yes. For shame, for shame. Um, I feel like we're, we're, we're back in true form. I... Uh, was tempted to continue along with this, but we do have a sentence that has six uh, M dashes. Oh, sorry, <laughs> way more M dashes. Uh, seven M dashes, um, and I feel like we're we're trying to uh, use them up these times. Um, we are getting we are getting to the end of the book. Perhaps Rowling had not met her quota <laughs> up to this point and is trying to make up for lost time. Um, so. But my favorite sentence, this chapter, Mm. is this one. The castle grounds were gleaming in the sunlight as though freshly painted, semicolon. The cloudless sky smiled at itself in the smoothly sparkling lake, comma. The green satin lawns rippled occasionally in the gentle breeze, colon. June had arrived, comma. But to the fifth years, this meant only one thing, colon. Their owls were upon them at last. That's nonsense. (laughs) And there, there are capitals after the colons, which kind of confuse me. I, yeah, I, uh, great over punctuation defender that I am. This is inexcusable. It's, it's glorious. It's the colons that really do it. Yes. There's the, no the list colon- coming. There's no. <laughs> yep. That there, there is nothing to justify them. I feel like, I feel like it was. I've used a lot of semicolons. What's another piece of punctuation that's kind of close? Oh, we're going to say it's a colon, and it's fine. Um, then, J.K. Rowling went dirty this chapter. Oh, God, where? Oh, yeah, where? Um, Professor Marchbanks, who is insanely old, uh, which is a Insane. bit of a surprise. Like, 
we're going to have to discuss some wizard ages at, at some point, uh, which we I know we've discussed in the past. And, and Sarah, you're probably going to just have to sit in, on Harry Potter Wikipedia and just and just know, try to figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, because Professor Marchbanks taught Dumbledore, right? Examined him. Examined. For, for the practical for the owls. Or the newts, yeah. Yes. And so I like had to be an established wizard, mm-hmm. presumably, at the point that Dumbledore was taking newts. Anyway, uh, examined him personally in Transfiguration and Charms when he did newts. Did things with a wand I'd never seen before. <laughs> and then we get Harry... No more pretending we care what happens when Jupiter and Uranus get too friendly. <laughs> uh, well established that Harry and Ron like a good Uranus joke mm. <laughs> in their astronomy classes, as well as divination when some planet is in retrograde or something. Very funny to them. <laughs> and to Rowling as well, it might seem. <laughs> yep. Um, the last thing that I have to wheeze about is and maybe we'll we'll have to uh like pay attention to this Mm. does jk rowling like watching old movies and was she watching rear window this chapter it does it is a very very yeah yeah um and i feel like there are probably other you know old movies or tv shows that we missed in previous books but i feel like sarah I know you're going to read Harry Potter again because I know I haven't fully spoiled it for you, uh, <laughs> no matter how hard I try. I Despite like your best time, efforts. Yeah, you go through this. Having a little like look to see, you know, is she taking significant inspiration from old movies? Because, oh my God, this is rear window. I also might do just a, a quick little... Uh, a quick little academic search to see if anybody has done the paper on this because it feels like somebody could have gotten to some pop culture conference somewhere on this, on the back of this. There is at least a thesis out there somewhere on this point. Yes. Uh, Spencer, you want to give us your notes? Uh, To start off, and I don't say this very often, but just poor Ron. (laughs) He has not had many victories in this series. You can count them on one hand. This is one of his most shining moments, and neither the readers nor his friends got to experience it whatsoever. Now, his moment of realization is somewhat snuffed by more important focus on Hagrid, but you could feel both the explosion and the disappointment in equal measure building as it came to that one little point. I want to give also, him... Go ahead, BJ. Sorry. Okay. Uh, it's also very on-brand for teenagers not to like realize that telling him up front would have been like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, This is what happened. Please tell us about your match, and we'll tell you the important... Yes. News afterwards, and we'll be excited for you. We're so sorry we missed it. Yes. And, like, that's actually borne out. I wanted to give Ron some credit here because, like, he actually takes it very well once he figures he out that there's a real... Like, he is yeah. not as unreasonable as we might, at some points in this series, have expected Ron to be. And I'll give at least some credit to Harry and Hermione, I guess specifically Hermione, they don't bury the lead for like a few chapters the way that some people do in certain <laughs> yeah. stories. It doesn't yeah. have to be drawn out of them by means of torture. They do say, what was this, the next day that we basically are? What happened? Yeah. Yes. Straight there with Wait, you. Wait, Spencer, they, they, who, is, who is that person that you referred to? I'm not familiar with that name. <laughs> you mean Moving Hermione? on. Yes, things. Uh It's interesting also that Harry's opinions on his dad have now already started to go rosy again. Of where, seeing out there under the tree, imagining another Gryffindor playing with his hair, he's already smiling once again. It's amazing what a reframing offered by, you know, people that know him can do to your psychology. And also just Harry's desperate need to have a rosy picture of his father to some degree. Uh, in terms of things that are less, you know, rosy about Harry, he's just a dick to Chang at every available opportunity now, isn't he? <laughs> it? It's like, oh, did she cry? I bet she cried. I hope she cried. Dude, just what? Why? I mean, like, of all people to be a dick to out of earshot, like, I feel like this is not to, like, express your frustrations to your friends, like, and not, like, be mean to her is probably, like, a, a not the worst way for a 16-year-old to be dealing with whatever is going on between them at 
Oh, sure. It could have been worse. We could always find wines, <laughs> ways of mining even deeper bowels of unpleasantness associated sure, with this like, character he's not interactions. Doing it to her. Yeah, yeah, you already did that previously. He's he's got to he has to continually being a dick about her to other people now. You can't you can't repeat it to the same person over and over again. Spencer, uh, you can't use your relationship with Charlotte Flair as like the gold standard <laughs> to hold everybody else up. To. And also, Spencer, why is your relationship advice in the line of succession podcast better relationship advice than your Harry Potter advice? Moving on, <laughs> uh, I do very much enjoy the trio. Though they still love the man, is kind of done with Hagrid. It's like they're discussing the subject of yeah. Hagrid wants us to teach to teach English to a sixteen foot tall, very visibly violent giant, and their universal response is, "Well, we ain't doing that." It's like, no, obviously we're done. We've gone through years now of managing Hagrid and his unhealthy obsession with all things that can potentially inflict murder upon us. We're just letting this one lie now. Hopefully I love that they start going through the list, too. It's like, <laughs> let's, do we remember the spiders? I remember the spiders. Ron remembers the spiders. Uh, it's, I do enjoy that the, they basically give us a list of the signs that Hermione isn't okay. And essentially the list is, A, of course, she's, you know, uh, easily uh, on a very short temper, prone to anger, being somewhat snappy. But the main ones they focus on, she isn't badgering people about their own studies. And point number two, she hasn't had time to make more elf clothes. These are the signs in the world that Hermione is on tilt at best right now. <laughs> um, Sarah, like you, like you referenced, the comparing study suffering, I did that. I very much did that. Ernie, I understand you, man. Ernie is I your spirit animal here. <laughs> so he has been a, before. <laughs> a question for you guys. Uh, do you think that the reason that Hermione knows that the study aids don't work is because before she confiscated them or after she confiscated them, she tried each and every she one of them all the and then assessed how well they helped and they didn't help. So she is not just saying from a like, oh, you guys like don't trust it. It's a bunch of like garbage. She is like, personally frustrated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this I, I, is a person that is let down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting a full paper from her with just vehement notes on the subject of this that'll be published when she has time after exams. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's really just uh, a personal account. I mean, you know, she's not doing anything rigorous about this, so I don't... A traveler's I, like, diary. Um, this seems like more of a, a Howler publication. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going out with the um, the Quibbler. Oh, yes, the Quibbler, not the Howler. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> It could be delivered by a howler, which would be yes. actually awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, the quibbler would do that. Uh, in minor minor moments of joy for me. Neville continuing to be willing to speak with his friends just openly about his own experiences and his own perspectives. It, it, it's a continued, it's a continued and growing treasure for me. I enjoy it very much. And he actually has some useful insider knowledge here about, what is her name? Grisilda Marchbanks? Yes. I love that uh, he's like, yeah. Uh, I, he's low key throwing shade on Malfoy here too, which is hilarious. The yes, sort of like, yeah, guys, <laughs> my grandmother's been friends with with Professor Marchbanks for years. Never once have the Malfoys come up. What what is that phrase that my nephew said to me the other day? Uh, that's cap. Is, it, is that what the cool kids say now? I have no idea. I've never heard yes, such that, a thing that They could say that's cap, but uh, I think more appropriate here would be that's sus. Uh, oh that one i I know okay yes wait can someone explain to me that's cap i need a little lexic Uh, i i I, I had an utterly blank expression when i was staring Uh, at this earlier the other day that's a lie so so like that that could fit here but it it sus being that suspect or like i don't believe that seems a little bit more on point so i said that's cap to uh an undergrad and a new grad student and I paused conversation for a good long time after that one. It was (laughs) But I I do enjoy you guys are highlighting that. The fact that they're overhearing Malfoy and he's providing insider knowledge saying, well, that's just provably false. Our our boy Neville's come a long way. Get it, Neville. Uh, And yes, we are exploring the wizarding world of what is a mix between Adderall and traditional Chinese medicine here. (laughs) It is lovely. We get... What, barfulio, 
Barufio's Brain Elixir, and also Powdered Dragon Claw. They're straight up just mixing Chinese medicine and Adderall, and I'm here for it. <laughs> so, do you think that it is a significant problem that dragons are getting their claws cut off for the significant Powdered Dragon Claw trade in... It depends on if they are like cat claws or... Fingernails. Or like fingernails. Well, it depends on how you do it, obviously. Yes, I suppose you could actually just clip the... Yes. Um, I I don't imagine that that those that deal in the Powdered Dragon Claw trade are worried about how humanely they clip the, the dragon's claws. You don't think that the rhino horn people are out there with just like a little cheese grater trying to get <laughs> to file off the top? So. so the question is, did Charlie participate in some not, not some some very gray market uh, <laughs> dragon claw trade? We haven't heard much about the Weasley's financial state recently. Uh, I imagine that the parent Weasleys would be too proud to accept. Uh, money and or gray money from their children Um, but we do know that Charlie is very fashionable uh, at least it's Bill who's fashionable oh Bill that's right Mm -hmm. okay but Bill is also doing shady shit for the bank so yes (laughs) Bill's straight up working for Goldman Sachs he's got all kinds of opportunities for shady ways to make money I don't think he's working for as well established as a bank (laughs) It's longer established, shadier, shadierly established. Barclays or uh, what was the the British, the the sus British bank? Oh, I don't know. I mean, lately you could just go with Credit Suisse. They don't exist anymore. That's true. Uh, McGonagall's divided loyalties over the students' potential test results is very amusing to me. Of course, she's basically (laughs) saying, all of you need to do very well. Now, if you don't, though, it looks really bad on Umbridge. But all of you need to do very well. I know the language about it was really funny. She was like, but that's no reason not to do your best. Uh, there's a profound sigh in the middle there where I was laughing. It's like, now while of course the results would look fairly, very poorly on the you know, existing headmaster, that's no reason that you shouldn't study and do well. <laughs> uh, Though convincing Harry to do well when nobody else is, when when... McGonagall is basically set on forcing him honor to be. is riding on him. <laughs> uh, I love the idea there are neutral outside examiners because one of the biggest problems I've ever had with scoring and points at Hogwarts is how just willfully corrupt and biased that it is. The fact they're bringing in outside people to do these strange concepts of having a neutral review while also having a practical exam component that is also subject to the same standards. It's like. Maybe Hogwarts should take notes, because they're not able to do grading anything resembling this element of fairly or impartially, though we'll see how the results play out. I think it's uh, an owl review, not a neutral review. <sighs> Sorry, neutral yes, review I'm doing the wrong year. Yep. Thank you both, always. Uh, it also is nice that Umbridge is on edge about this. The implication that this is not something... I'll ask you questions later about what department this is associated with and what degree it's independent, but it doesn't, definitely doesn't seem that she has any measure of control over this and is directly affected by it in terms of her future stacks. It also helps that Marchbanks is just utterly flippant on the subject of Dumbledore. It's like, this guy's a fugitive at large. He is a felon that is actively fleeing law enforcement. He is, I don't know how he's been framed by the ministry, but I'm sure he's an utter traitor to the state. And her response is, oh, you're looking for him? You'll never get him. I know the guy. Best of luck. Hopefully you won't die in the process of chasing him. Uh, it is, uh, this has been a recurring point, and I think this is an aspect of learning that the books very much adhere to, that Harry consistently, his best experiences in academia and his best scores are directly driven by his hands-on experiences throughout the course of the story. And we see that during the course of, his, of these exams, of where his time, as with his time at Dumbledore's army and, you know, aiding and teaching others, his experiences in, like, you know, surviving troll attacks and using Leviosa to knock cl- clubs on their heads or making, making using, using the <laughs> Sure. Uh, making and using Polyjuice Potion. Mastering a Patronus. These are all things that he earned outside of the classroom that he wielded in the field live that he's now being able to bring back into his academia in a mm-hmm. way that benefits him. It's definitely a recurring theme. Uh I mentioned, you know, I, I, was, I was in the same mindset of Ernie Macmillan on the subject of studying. 
I could not be more opposed to Hermione's style of, let's all discuss how we answered the test immediately after we took the test. You're with Ron on this one? I, I'm very much in the concept of, no, that time in our lives is dead. That doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> we don't talk about that. There's nothing I can do about that now other than inflict further pain on myself in learning what I did wrong. Those times are now fading into the myths of myth. Let's not go there. I, I feel I, like this, was this a change in Spencer from like middle to high school or like high school to college or college to law school? Because I imagine that there was a time that, that, that little Spencer did this. And I imagine that there there was a a downfall of the you know comparing notes with with your other students after an exam. It was pretty much the time I started to realize that I was good at the whole school thing. It's like yeah. it, it, that, that once you once you start realizing mm-hmm. you're setting a standard for yourself, now you're your own worst enemy, and that person doesn't want to talk with itself about what it did on the test. So maybe I think that would be around the transition of like later middle school going into high school. Makes sense. That's fair. Elementary school Spencer was carefree. He just, you know, took the he just took the tests and had fun. And then suddenly he realized that there were things about that that he wanted to do well about, and he never recovered really from that experience. <laughs> uh, among like new bit characters, I'm sure will have no significant role in the text. Professor Tofty is now among my most favorite. It's like this guy just seems like a pleasant, supportive, normal dude in a text that does not <laughs> normally accommodate those characters. And how foreign, how lovely. He smiles encouragingly at the students to encourage them not to be ner- nervous. He cheers them on for quality performance, particularly in the subject of Fence Against the Dark Arts, and even offers bonus points just because he wants to see a student do a Patronus and impress him. He offers live commentary on a fight later and even comments on the poor form in terms of striking somebody without any prior warning. I want to spend more time with this ancient dude. He seems fun. Do you think that it's Lupin in a hat? I would love if it was Lupin in a hat. It reminds me of Lupin in a hat. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, in terms of other repeated themes, the fact that all of his students seem to do significantly better when he's not in the room does not say the best things about Snape's qualities as a teacher, <laughs> but that is repeated here in both Neville and Harry doing well on their owls now that they don't have Snape looming over their mm-hmm. shoulders while they're doing them. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting because they probably have the most practice out of pretty much anybody because they've had to redo it so often. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> Those uh, remedial uh, potions lessons really paying off. Yep. Uh, PJ, like you said, in terms of rear window, we've got, we've got a view on events that occurred without any degree of explanation as to what was actually driving them or what the particular details of the circumstances were. But Umbridge bringing an army of oars, seemingly oars, because Dawlish is there. Dawlish, Dawlish is, is there. Dawlish is, that, is, is Dawlish the only other one we get named? I think so. Only one's I Before before they named Dawlish, I'm like, okay, well, she brought her, you know, Slytherin enforcers with her. Yeah. Dawlish was previously up there, you know, going after Dumbledore, if I remember that correctly. He is Mm -hmm. a proper orb. Was she trying to arrest Hagrid? I mean, all we we, we get is this, yeah, Hagrid yelling out, you won't take me like this. I mean, it feels like a squashy. And so the question is, uh, Yes. Do those who... uh, have badges also burn muggles. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When one enforces the will of the state, one doesn't always get to be picky about what that will wishes. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact lyrics, but but there does feel like there might be an, a significant overlap between errors and enforcers of late and those that might have certain marks on them. Mm. To what degree of the is the or the order of the errors? That or are they just the errors? What 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 is the just the ors. It's, yeah, magical law enforcement. Just to, to what degree they've been infiltrated is an open question. Oh, I I mean, I think this is a, an easy, not, not worthwhile to save to the end, but are ours the only magical enforcement or are they more specialized? Because I guess I imagine them to be like more highly trained, like FBI agents yeah. rather than, you know, the general, you know. Police. Yeah, I think... I don't know. It gets tricky. I can kind of look it up. I think that they are like essentially the only magical law enforcement. Yeah. But, you know, we've seen with some of these departments in the ministry that the lines are a little bit, a little bit blurry because especially like think about um, Arthur Weasley when he, when he goes out into the world to do his muggle 
stuff. Like it can get a little bit what he's actually doing. Like, does he have? I mean, for the most part, they're British, so all you need is is a not particularly strongly worded letter, and that's all the enforcement you really need. (laughs) And God forbid, it's a howler. Oh yes, (laughs) height of impropriety. Uh, I mean, it, what we see here is a throwdown fight in a way I was not expecting. I was expecting much more of the, sto- the you know, and the text even draws a comparison to it, but the firing of Trelawney associated with Hagrid. This is a war on the grounds of the school. People are knocked down. McGonagall is straight up KO'd by just police turning and shooting the person that yells out loud while they're arresting somebody. Which does seem to have, like, truly shocked Tofty in this moment. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, I... It was also shocking to me, honestly, that, that McGonagall was taken down sort of that easily when it seems like she knew what was going on. I mean, a lot of a lot of things felt, uh, I don't know, a little cute, maybe uh, like with the what's going on with uh, Hagrid. And it's just like, oh, no, he's like those spells don't really work on him. I We might have had that before, but it kind of felt like we needed to have like a a fight to happen mcgonagall to get knocked out and so it it felt a little bit rube goldbergy to to get all of those things to happen and some of the justifications were just like i don't know a little a little squidgy for me from a pure storytelling standpoint it accomplishes three goals a it gets haggard out of the story removing a, a further token of the past and also another support for our main three characters B, it removes the main, what we've seen previously, offset to Umbridge that's still at the school in the form of McGonagall. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's out of the picture for a set period of time, further increasing Umbridge's power and also, again, removing any basis of actual authority support our portrayal has. And C, it further further demonstrates to what degree Umbridge gives no shits about propriety and about the prior standard code things are going. It almost seemed like here the reason that um, that McGonagall was so caught unawares is because this is that egregious. The fact that Orrors, the one police, would just so casually shoot, effectively, a teacher at the school that's just coming that's, that's coming up onto the scene. Sarah, as you said, Tofty is emphasizing here, that that's enough for him, professionally, is to stop the classroom for a second to comment on that. Unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. Orrors don't have good wand discipline. Um, they've been given, you know, <laughs> weaponized wands that, that really are, you know, leftovers and, you know, extras from the Great Wizarding Wars that, you know, probably require a lot more training than, you know, the general issue wand that, that you might get otherwise. And so it's a little unfortunate that they haven't been given this extra training, especially by somebody qualified to do so. Um, the other thing I was going to say is I think that there's another big point that we get here in terms of like what happened to McGonagall I think that this is really going to cement the two sides of mm. yeah uh, like where you fall on like what's going on at Hogwarts because this is the first time that there really is collateral damage mm-hmm. uh, in terms of probably uh, Umbridge's supporters like I, I'm sure that McGonagall is not high up on the Malfoy list uh, and Slytherins probably don't love her because she's a Gryffindor, and that's, you know, part of the insanity of how this school works. But she's an incredibly competent teacher. She seems to be well-liked by pretty much all of the students, not just the Gryffindors. And so mm-hmm. I think this is going to be where we might get some divide within certain house loyalties going forward. McGonagall's- or this is a place that it could happen. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm straight there with you. McGonagall seems like she's even in the category where someone like, you know, the Malfoys. Like, if if Draco tried to make fun of McGonagall to his dad, his dad might just tell him to shut up. Mm-hmm. She, she seems like in the category that even where you don't necessarily agree with her, you at least respect her or at least respect the institution that, that she represents. Yeah. And she's not a... If she was a headmistress of hogwarts then i think it'd it'd be a different thing because i think they have very little respect for the office as long as it doesn't have a slytherin Mm -hmm. in it Mm -hmm. but since she isn't like it's about the person Mm -hmm. and so i think that i think honestly that that might be like one of the defining moments here because she is just head of house and a professor and so she's not part of the same uh political battles that umbridge has right now yes it seems like umbridge is i mean umbridge is personally 
uh, vindictive to her. But that is almost more yeah. of a personal, that's a personal dislike. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I imagine Crouch is not going to be happy when he hears about this. Fudge. Crouch is Fudge. dead. Yes. Yep. <laughs> what, one Crouch is dead. Yes. The other Crouch is still around, right? Younger Crouch? Yeah, what happened to him? Junior. <laughs> Wait a minute. Sarah. <laughs> you don't get to ask us those questions. That's not this segment. <laughs> uh, uh, final thing. Uh, what was, what was you said earlier, uh, BJ? All right. Um, Sirius and the Vision, I'm calling that sus. Uh, th- I, I, this feels like... They've been warning Harry from, from the word jump that you should, you need to protect your mind from these kind of things. This, I don't buy this. This doesn't seem to fit. The, from where we last saw Sirius, from the building effect of this mystery going forward, whatever else, the fact that he's here right now, just in the ministry, and now can open the secret, whatever else, that don't work. That doesn't make any sense to me. This feels like this is planted in some way a trap. I think this is setting up some aspect of what they've been warning Harry about. I have a different theory. Please. This is the only time that it's... This is clairvoyance as a, as opposed to more like a divination. I think his previous dreams were about something that was going to happen, and that's why his scar wasn't hurting mm. throughout every one of those dreams. And now that this is something that's happening currently, and the dream state puts him closer in touch with, like, plans or or thing you know it is a more magical realm so like his dreams aren't uh are closer to like him being able to do things that he might not believe in like divination um and, and stuff like that and so uh the the reason that he previously couldn't get through the door is that he didn't have the magical clout to see what was going to happen in the future and now that it's actually happening Voldemort's actually doing things, and that's why his scar hurts, and that's why you can see a lot more. So the door is more of a symbolic block in his mind, that now that he's opened, he's able to see the actual clarifying No, I think it's vision. a real door. What? I was helping here. <laughs> you were helping, but but you're giving too much credit to... <laughs> BJ, nothing if not honest about the <laughs> credibility and validity of his theories. <laughs> All right, Sarah, let's go on to house points. Uh, yeah, this is a weird one for house points. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. Do we really have winners? Uh, <sighs> yeah. I mean, I think I think we have some winners. Oh wait, I have a winner. Hold on. We have losers. We have a bunch of losers to choose from, and I'm going to need your help with the losers. But I actually, I did think about this. I forgot that I had thought about this um, though. I was going to say, I think for the most part, up until the end, which I think Harry. Has a fairly good chapter. He actually does. Uh, I mean, it seems like he does all right in all of his exams. Yeah. And I mean, pretty he, well he's at least most confident of yeah. in how, whether he did well or not, he is confident in how he did <laughs> in most of his exams. Correct. Which I think that, um, I think that Eddie, our, our Ravenclaw sixth year, Eddie Carmichael, might be the winner here, seems to be making a killing on selling <laughs> yeah. his Barufio's brain elixir. Um, I, well, no, he got it confiscated and and destroyed by Hermione. So, like that was his only supply. Yeah. And the only way she found that, out was because he was fair. making a killing beforehand. Yeah. Um, the other person that I want to put forth is, as uh, a contender for winner is Neville because he just has a good chapter. He does. Like, yeah. I he he probably cares about Hagrid, but not in the same way that that our trio does because uh, he's left off the page for for the more insufferable characters and he seems to do well in his exams in sort of a same the same like realm as harry is mm-hmm. um it, it, it was even i thought you know psychologically relevant that he was able to just talk with his friends about mungos yeah. and talk about you yep. know running into them there about his dad without any element of like even a break in his voice when he's doing so the guy the guy's come a long way yeah i will um I'm good with Neville as a winner for this chapter. I think I, I am reluctant to give it to Harry just because of like the very sharp yeah. decline at the end of the chapter. Yes, on all sorts of different measures. Um, but I, yeah, I'm I, I'm good with Neville. I like to give yeah, Neville yeah. a win when we can. 
<laughs> I thought maybe you guys might even try to say Hagrid, but it's like, if you're in a situation of where you're punching cops and fleeing the scene of the crime... You didn't win. Even if you did... <laughs> even if you successfully punched them, it's not great. Also, Fang was unconscious when they left. Like, this is yes. not a Over good his for shoulder like a yes. sack of potatoes. There, 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 could, there would be many characters that that interaction would be a win for. It's not quite a win for Hagrid because... This is not exactly where he wants to go. No. Yeah. Um, losers. Um, I think McGonagall has to be pretty high up. Yeah. There. I think, um, but it's interesting because I feel like it's it's McGonagall and then it's also like Umbridge had a pretty bad chapter. It, it, it's one of those things that when, when McGonagall wakes up, in some ways she can be more powerful than she ever was before. She's a martyr now. The, like people are. You mean rap- she got struck down and she'll be more powerful than she was before? <laughs> She got Obi-Wan, yes. <laughs> I think it tracks. I like I mean, how the... you pronounced it, Spencer. That was perfect. Thank you. Uh, it, it, this, this is a situation of where her name is on everybody's tongue right now. That one's for you, BJ. Uh, it's one of those things of where every everyone is now voicing, that was not okay. How could this mm-hmm. happen? What what happens next? If she's, assuming she's able, I mean, everyone's like, she might be dead. In terms of how everyone's kind of processing this. I don't think she is story-wise. She's not dead, I will say. <laughs> yeah. Fair. But it's, I, I'm, I'm with you there, Sarah. Where Umbridge committed, did a big play here. And it blew up in her face. And it's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here associated with that. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. But I think this is... What I was saying is, like, it's going to be very divisive. I mean, I think Umbridge could you know, stun somebody on the grounds of the castle and, you know, none of her supporters would flinch. <laughs> so. I, I think that that's true. I think I'm actually talking more about in the moment she did not accomplish her goals that yeah, night, sure. right? Like she went to do a thing. That's fair. With a group of horrors and did not yeah. get that thing done. Can, can, I was never expecting I was going to say this one, but we also, can also just an honorary loser of the chapter is the oars as an order. I disagree. So here's... They they should have known when they were arresting a giant that they could not stun him. So... That should have been on their list. I imagine that either this is not common knowledge and we just got, like, an insert here that's kind of frustrating uh, of something happened... Like, there's a MacGuffin here, basically, of, ah, giants giant can't be stuns. It's going to come up with guap uh, yeah. later. Um, or, and here's, here's where I feel like we've had this a bunch of times with Umbridge. She told the Aurors to go in and stun Hagrid. And they went, <laughs> they followed okay, instructions. <laughs> sure. That's fine. That like, we, we can do that. We will, we'll follow your instructions. Like, are, are you sure you don't want us to do anything else? Nope. Just stun him. And then I'm going to take him in because I want the Hagrid color. M- malicious go, compliance almost yep and they go okay we'll we'll sit and stun him and <laughs> it didn't work and they're like oh we're so surprised that stunning the half giant didn't work you idiot <laughs> it's it will be i don't remember if we find out but it is interesting that we don't have the names of any of the other aurors who were there right mm-hmm. because we know that there are aurors who are competent competent and do we part of the or well we have several orders who are part of the order of the phoenix uh, what's i'm I'm blanking understand what's the name of the big big black dude that was also there for the arrest of dumbledore that also hit kingsley shacklebolt thank you uh, and also hit dawlish and knocked him out too in the uh, as part of the cover correct um and then we've got tonks is still an or yeah oh yeah we've got like a couple yeah. I mean, um, Mad Eye is a—is he an Auror now? Well, he was technically retired before. I don't think he's yeah. still an Auror. I, I think he's in like in the category of where you could take away his title, but you're never going to take him away from being an Auror. He, he, yeah. he will—he he will be an Auror regardless of circumstances. He, he will dies. fight those trash cans off. <laughs> Grr. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I, I do agree with you, sir. I think Umbridge is a good call here, just because like she might have failed up in some of the things that she was trying to do but like there were a whole lot of failures this chapter mm-hmm. yeah and we you get a lot of little stuff 
Like, even just her watching Harry in the Defense, defense Against the Dark Arts practical. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. But I feel like just, outside you... of that, it's probably, like, Harry for the downslope at the yeah. end. Yeah. that. Just, but I just... don't feel great about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> just even Marchbanks' sass towards Umbridge just shows how little people regard her. Umbridge yes. is like, you know, we're going to catch him. We're going to go after him. Marchbanks is just like, no, you're not. Obviously, you're not. You're idiots. Moving yeah. on. I'm teaching class now. Yeah. So, all right. I'm going to give it to Umbridge because... Umbridge is a pretty good fallback for loser of the chapter in this book yeah. because she's the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, questions. So, I mean, you, you say we might found, find out a little bit later. Um, so do we know how, well, I think this is a very much a plot question, but you know, is there something within the ores that, you know, might prevent them from having a dark mark, you know, do, is, is there, you know, a bunch of ores that, that, uh, you know, also do terrible things in the name of uh, the the dark, the one who shall not be named, and uh, you know, kill in the name of Voldemort. Um, no, I, as far as I remember, I could be wrong about this. As far as I remember, the ores themselves do not are not okay. Um, I think that this goes back to the conversation that we have been having about sort of like intrinsic evil versus institutionalized evil. Yeah. Um, and so I don't, I'm going to see if I can find out real fast, but like, I don't, I don't think that any of the actual death eaters, and we've talked about the sort of yeah gradations of being in the club versus being sympathetic yeah, to the club, yeah. uh, are, are sometimes tricky as well. Um, um, and then the other question that I have about ours, um, so there are other names for uh, police in the vernacular to describe ineffectual or problematic ones. Do they get called Ouroboros uh, if they're <laughs> ineffectual? Now they do. <laughs> uh, who, what official organization runs the owls and the newts and things along those lines? Yes. So it is part of the, um, <clears throat> excuse me. The Wizarding Examinations Authority is uh, this sort of independent group of uh, witches and wizards. Independent. They're, we, they're probably from the Department of Magical Education. Um, so they're, they are run through the ministry. Um, but they are the... Wait, so they're the Wizarding Examination Authority, part of Department of Magical Education. Education. Mm-hmm. So they're the Weedums? Yes, <laughs> I suppose. They're weeding out the students. I like it. They are weeding out the students. Um, and so they are, <clears throat> excuse me, they are in charge of doing the examinations for both the owls, the newts, and the lesser known wombats. What? The wombats are the wizard's ordinary magic and basic aptitude test, uh, which is... Was that like a GED? <laughs> yes, they, kind of. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, I actually don't know much about them. I'm trying to figure out when they actually happen, if they are like, I think it might be a GED. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, they're, okay, they're accepted as a valid form of credentials for witches and wizards wanting to apply for a job. Unlike the other two, they consist exclusively yeah. of written papers. They could, in theory be sat by muggles as well as wizards and witches. Oh, I mean, that, this sounds like for squibs to get a job, they need to, to be a I, I think that Filch might have had to take a wombat. What does it stand for? Wizards Ordinary <laughs> Magic and Basic Aptitude Test. Yeah, it's a GD. It's, yes, it is. So, Sarah. Uh, yes. In your opinion. Uh-huh. Did wand legislation contribute to or lead to better control of <laughs> goblin riots of the 18th? Of course you wrote all these down. Of course he did. If I had had more time, BJ, I would have gotten the the actual answers to these and had them ready. But I, in fact, do not have them ready. Uh, so actually, I, these are really interesting questions. Yes. They're surprisingly interesting questions. And like we've talked a lot about... The biggest like failure, the, the biggest failure of all of Hogwarts is the history of magic course. Yes. 
Um, but also, Spencer, I'm a little surprised that this didn't like come into newbies notes because this gives a whole lot of all of the things that you like about just knowledge in the world and in these questions. And I, I feel like the amount that you would give to read some of these essays would be much higher than the later books in the series. Yes. But I also assumed that J.K. Rowling didn't have answers to any of these questions, and so I shrugged and moved on. Honestly, I think actually that the the question that I brought up is probably one of the ones that is most going to be most covered within the books um, or lore outside of the the books themselves because well because of the press that J.K. Rowling has gotten, I assume that is going to be at least a little bit more covered, um, possibly in the movies. Um, but I, I think that that one actually will come up later in the books because, uh, can you read it in in full for us? Yeah. Uh, mostly because I might've been spoiled about some things. In your opinion, did wand legislation contribute to or lead to better control of goblin riots of the 18th century? Yep. Because we've already, we've already had some information about what, the various creatures in the world are going to do in terms of the upcoming division uh, of the Wizarding World. And so I imagine that more hay will be made out of the various creatures that we have interacted with. Very possible. Uh, who, how are the grading of the owls done? Are these done based on like, you know, a set out of 100 points? Are they done relative to your fellow peers in that particular class at that particular time? Mm. Is this a percentile, a percentage? <laughs> How are we doing this? Yes. I that's What decides what category you fall in for everything? That's else? a great question. Um, let me see if I can figure that out. We know that there are the different, um, excuse me, the different kind of grades that you can get, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> we had talked about that. Oh, it, it can't be... A percentile because certain times like oh, like there are certain numbers of grades that happen each year so it's not like how you do in your cohort but it could be like a continuing like thing like how well have you done compared to everybody historically sure yeah also while you're while you're in that search because i feel like this information might be there uh Durmstrang and bobaton oh do they do the same do they do they participate in similar things or is that? Uh... I'm not sure. Cause those would presumably be run by um, different ministries. Um, that, that would be my presumption, but there is the international wizarding right. something or other. So mm -hmm. I think my understanding is that I think that the owls are scored on a sort of like absolute basis, not on any sort of relative or historical basis. Um, and that's partially based on the idea that like a Tofty could give a kind of bonus point. Um, but then the, the, the extra information that we have gotten from McGonagall around the edges of this, about who accept, about which professors accept which grades into their newt level courses. I don't think that you can really do that if it's a sort of relative a relative grading. I think that we are because because the grades are divided into pass fail grades, um, as well mm -hmm. as the way that that affects your continuation in certain courses of study moving on. Um, my understanding is that they are not. There is no talk about them anyway as being relative to other years. I mean, yeah, and and it it can't be relative to within the year. Otherwise, Snape would have to teach his upper level class on a regular basis and. He'd have to find some other way to weed. Me. Yeah, I feel like he's just trying to not teach another <laughs> class. Uh. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Let me see if I can find a quick answer about um, exams in other what? in other schools. I'm not super sure about that. Uh, while yeah. I was looking at that, BJ, this is more just a discussion question. Why did they stay in divination? They never enjoyed it. They never particularly liked it. Is this purely for just a plot basis to set up, you know, the centaur comparison that there's a story reason that they're in divination? Or is this just a joke about fortune tellers that J.K. Rowling wanted to keep going? Um, I think that there's a couple of reasons. One, she'd have to come up with a completely different class for them to be in, and she wouldn't have all the supporting characters that are in divination. 
Sure. Two, I think it's uh, a very easy comparison of what's happening to Harry and his visions of Voldemort while he he's in class. Pretty much all of them that don't happen while he's sleeping are occurring while he's in class, also sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not like sleeping normally. So I think that there's the, this is an easy place to have it. This is an easy place to do it. And it's also an easy place to show sort of the stark uh, problem of Harry not talking to people that supposedly know about the thing like he should have been talking to Trelawney about some of his visions sure and so to have him in the class to do it I think allows for both the like he's not doing that and you know a lot of people consider this silly but it's actually like a serious thing okay. kind of a boring Wait, answer but that, that was kind of the answer I was looking for because it, it, there seems to be a structural reason by which this occurs and the text almost seems to be joking on it to a certain degree of where they, they at one point say, okay, now we just never need to think about divination again, right? <laughs> right? Okay, good. Yeah. We, we have finished the exam now. Um, which is also kind of wild because now would be the time to continue taking divination because a person that knows something about it is going to be teaching it. So, and they know they know this. So it's kind of like being like, oh, Grubbly Plank is taking over. We don't want to <laughs> learn about creatures anymore. Right. Someone competent that actually teaches useful skills that aren't just, you know, wrapped up in their own weird neuroses? Nah, can't actually go through that kind of teaching experience. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm having trouble finding if there are, like, specific corollaries to the owls or if the owls and newts are exactly the same things that are done over there. They are all of our major schools, including, so the 11 major schools, including uh, Hogwarts, Bobaton, and Durmstrang, are registered with the International Confederation of Wizards, um, and so they are, like, accredited in some way, uh, which I assume means that there has to be some sort of uh, standard testing procedures. There are, however, uh, many unaccredited schools as well, as well as homeschooling options and specialized schools, including the Academy of Broom Flying, Charm School, Euroglyph School of Extraordinary Languages, Merge School of Underwater Spellage, the Naz Academy of Magizoology, and the Wizarding Academy of Dramatic Arts. Well. <laughs> I am unclear where in the canon these actually occur. <laughs> uh, but I will, I don't know. I'll go with it, I guess. Okay. Any, any further questions from you, Bija? Uh, no, I think. Professor Marchbanks is thought to have uh, been born in the 1870s. That, we're reaching a point now with ages of characters because we... We were joking that Dumbledore was basically, you know, actually immortal. Mm-hmm. Now we're reaching a point of where I think we just met our first lich in the text. <laughs> like, that that person's undead. That's the only way to explain that now. Uh, how old is Neville's grandmother? Uh, we don't know, and no one is willing to ask her. <laughs> yes, but is it on Harry Potter wiki? I don't know. Let me look. Hold on. <laughs> when, when, when Put down Ra- your knitting, Sarah. We have important questions. When, when did Wrath first emerge into the human psyche? That was when she <laughs> came into being. Uh, let's see. Augusta Longbottom. Uh, it says that she was born pre-1947. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That, okay. Big bang Oh, she apparently failed her charms, sure. Owl. Ooh. When did when did we learn that? I don't know. Uh, causing her to later call it a soft option. Let me see where that. I remember her calling it a soft option. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh no, that's okay. So that's um, we're going we're going to get that moment in later books. Okay. Uh, uh, shall we look at the next chapter then? Let's look at the next chapter. So next time we have chapter thirty two. Uh, chapter thirty two. Out of the fire, Spencer, what are we looking at here? Oh, uh, well. We're Spencer, it's very clear what we're looking at. Uh, well, we're seeing it's a somewhat... fireplace glory hole. <laughs> in, a, in a different production by, you know, Naughty America, sure, maybe. Um, th- this, is a, this appears to be Harry put, sticking his head out of the fire the way he does when they're, they're doing the kind of flu communication that he learned from his uncle. And I'm guessing that's Creature? 
Because there, there, there appears to be either a house, I'm guessing a house elf, wearing what appears to just be like a rag, whatever else. So that kind of meets with the description we've had of Creature in the past. So I'm guessing this is Harry reaching back to go check on Sirius now that he's seen Sirius in the vision and seeing Creature instead. It is kind of interesting that Creature does seem to be wearing a loincloth. Like this does seem... He is described as wearing a loincloth. Purpose-built clothing, which is interesting. Yeah. Personal preference. I I don't know if Harry's ever looked quite as intimidating as that, but for some reason the eyes and the glasses staring out of the fire gives me a certain element of a shudder. It's uh, it's got a little bit of the the head in the Wizard of Oz. That is what it is. Yes, good call, Sarah. Movie references. Look at us. There it is. There it is. And we come full circle. Well, this has been fun, guys. <laughs> Till next time. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs>